Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, back once again for a fresh edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. The season is here. Real basketball is here. Chris Forsberg of NBC. Real basketball. Is here. Real I don't know. basketball. This is actually a good place to start. That opener <laughs> against the Sixers, that was the most intense preseason game mm. I've seen, which isn't saying much, but like, from the crowd to like guys actually trying that are regulars. Like that was like, it was almost jarring to, to, to start things off here. I think I loved when Joe wouldn't sub in the bus one gang. Cause Jalen got hot <laughs> and he wanted to, to rally ahead. And then it was ridiculous how loud it got when O'Shea had that putback dunk. And uh, yeah, it's uh so that, that was a fun one. And then, and then we downshift last night with, uh, with night two, which you knew was going to happen because the preseason schedule is ridiculous, but uh, maybe maybe a good opportunity because I, I mean, as I'm sure we're going to get into, uh, it is kind of fun. Everyone likes backup quarterbacks, and we obsess about spots seven through ten way more than we probably should. Uh, so yeah, like I guess if, if I was eager to see some of those guys, so uh, hopefully the rest of the viewing public was as well. All right, so this is the Wing Place Podcast, brought powered by Fanduel. Here, you mentioned some of those, so I'll give. I'm going to give you the choice. You're the guest here. Do we want to start with the big names? on Sunday night or do we want to talk with like the fun gritty like eight through 15 roster battles that we oh, got a man. closer look at on I, Monday night like this is- I guess I'm always a, a sucker for recency so let's let's go with the seven through ten and then we'll like circle back at the end and be like oh yeah the guys that actually <laughs> oh yeah that the, the two guys the team is betting their future on the, the entire season um yeah we'll get to them later but first let's talk about paper no I am paying Pritchard paying Pritchard isn't has graduated from this category now of the, I feel like he's, is he safely number seven? Um, uh, not, only is he, not only is he safely number seven, I'm pretty sure, like I was telling you in the locker room, he's, he's, he's listed as the latest shooting time among players, at least for game one. And maybe those will change. I don't know, but um, he might not even be a bus one boy anymore. He can kind of show up and, you know, roll in late. Get, get do what he does and then do it do his shooting I, I assume he's still gonna ride with that crew and still be super early to the gym and still be super motivated but yeah I thought that was interesting that uh that that Peyton Pritchard uh has a has a little bit of a later shooting time at least to start the year and uh yeah we'll see how long that that lasts but yeah I, I would say he's fair fair to be seven I mean that should be Hauser or Cornet, Cornet too like you know based on what we saw last year but they've they've struggled out of the gates and so uh they've uh They've got to pick it up. It is. And I mean, we haven't even talked, obviously, since the, the extension for Pritchard that came out on um, day right before four years, 30 million. 
to me, I was honestly kind of shocked to see those numbers, um, given where the cap is going. And I know, again, this is a late first round pick, a guy who's been in and out of the rotation, but there's a lot of buzz around him this summer in terms of opportunity. And warranted. Warranted, clearly, with these, you know, we're putting all the stock into the first two preseason performances. But no, like, this is a guy that they honestly, in hindsight, probably should have stuck with more last year and maybe used their resources elsewhere rather than bringing in a upgrade with Malcolm Brogdon that ended up being just a little too pricey and didn't work out for a number of reasons. But now to, to lock him in at seven and a half per year for the next four years, like if, if he does break out, that is a either going to be a great weapon for your bench for a long time here when you need it, when you need cheap town here or B a nice little trade ship. Um, maybe not for now, but certainly like they've, they're going to be low on those. Uh, and so that's either way it's, I think, uh, should Lee look like a, I think it's a home run move by this team. Really good for Brad, right? Like there's no downside to me. Like even if he fizzles, if whatever, he just doesn't get on the court, seven and a half million dollars for a guy that should be like a rotation caliber guard feels pretty good. And if it's like, you you preface it by saying, if he's the seventh guy, like 5% of the salary cap next year, that's ridiculous because the Celtics are committed to like a billion dollars in, in the top four guys on their roster. So uh, it, it would be huge if you could find a low budget, even if he's the eighth, ninth man, whatever it is. Like if, if he's competing for uh, potential playoff minutes, which I don't think there'll be a lot of. And, you know, I still – last season, you know, it was, it was hard for them to necessarily find consistent minutes for three guards. And you suspect that Drew and Derek White's going to play more. So – I don't think he's going to have a huge role here, but he's going to get every opportunity to eat some minutes there as the third guard. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, the seven and a half annual average, it, it sounds like really low. Like I, 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 Peyton as a player who's typically banked on himself, um, you know, kind of like trusting that he's going to kind of going to find his role and get, get that. Um, I know that there's some security in that in case things go crazy or, or wrong, uh, but really feels like a home run for the Celtics in terms of, just eliminating that potential distraction. Yeah, he was clearly, when we talked to him Sunday night about it, he was clearly, and I was trying to use it, sounded like a guy that, like, he just wanted that security. He's like, yeah. I just want to, like, not, you know, and the, and, and that's totally fair. I mean, we, we, we thought, oh, yeah, it's a cheap deal. If you're a late first-round pick, you get $30 million guaranteed. That's life-changing money. That's fantastic money for a guy who his career has been, you know, up and down to this point with factors beyond his control. But at the same time, there was certainly the upside for a lot more there um, yeah. for him. But they just and he just wanted like, what, what would you do? Were, were you would you be would you be a locked in type guy? Would you take the, oh, the, the sure thing money, or would you reach for the it, stars and get try to get that mid level money? It's so easy for me to sit here and be like, you bet on yourself and try to play it out, and yet, man, you're one torn ACL away from right. a very murky future, and so. Uh, you know, if, if, if my agent comes to me and says, look, we've looked at the landscape of the league. Uh, I don't know necessarily what there's going to be out there for a six foot one point guard, third, you know, third guard on a, on a really good team. But like, I I guess the flip side of that is like, we always overvalue guys that are pieces on a championship team. I mean, Bruce Brown deserves that money, but like, look at the money people sign for this off season. (laughs) Right. And you, I just, I think it's, it, if, if things break the right way, Peyton will maybe look back and be like, I could have got a, a little bit more money, maybe up to mid-level money, maybe even better. I don't know. Like, uh, and yet if, is the risk of that worth potentially passing up 
thirty million dollars and securing your future? Probably not. So uh, I, I go back to it. One thing Brad Stevens really loves is everyone sort of having their mind fixated on the the task ahead, and now there's no distraction. Like everything that could have been a distraction coming into the year, you know. I mean, Malcolm obviously with the situation. I would put Rob's health somewhat in there, even though that's you still worry about a little bit with your bigs. You can't have it perfect. And Peyton's attitude, like, and just in terms of if he didn't play um, and wanting maybe another trade. So uh, just every distraction there, Brad is trying to stiff arm them in every direction. It is. It's starting on that front. So there you go. So that's Peyton Pritchard. We, no surprises really, just as good as a start to the preseason you could, as you could hope for if you're the Celtics after signing him to that deal here on both ends of the floor. He actually, you know, three steals against Knicks last night. It's been pretty frisky on that end. Out of the out of the eight through fifteen last night, who mm. who stuck out to you? Who who intrigues you for the you know the, the hundred minutes a season that might be available to them? Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. I, I was doing the post game pod. I was trying because I, I know uh, Ryan, uh, uh, you know, posted something like this. Probably five hundred minutes available, and I was trying to do the quick math in my head. And maybe I'm maybe I'm factoring in spot seven too. Uh, like I mean, we're talking what five hundred to a thousand minutes total of like. But maybe... think about the injuries, though. Like injuries could yeah, change no, things in true. a hurry for this group. And, and that's that's where I come down to. It's like if you were gonna, and I, I guess it comes down to what is Joe gonna do. Joe has talked a lot about trying to uh, reintegrate with that group seven through ten after maybe ignoring them last year. It's Grant Williams nods feverishly, and Peyton Pritchard nods feverishly. Like yes, like he he, he forgot about us a little bit. Um, but do I trust that Joe is actually not going to play Jason and Jalen 40 minutes a night and like on a random Wednesday against the magic? Hell no. The guy wants to win. And like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's already said like he's, he wants to be, you know, that he's got to be better about that stuff. But it's a lot easier. Like I said, a lot easier to say it than to go out there and do it. So, um, but well, let's say like, you just need somebody to help get you through the regular season. Like I'm not going to lose my mind over Cornette and Hauser being, being not good through the first two games. Uh, Hauser missing 13 of his 15 three-pointers and Luke grabbing, I think, five rebounds and 30-something minutes on the court. Not great, um, but they, they've sort of proven. I think they're gonna, they'll are gonna they be in that mix, and they're going to be better than what we've seen. Um, some of the pieces that maybe we didn't know about, like you know O'Shea, I, I, I factored him in because you need guys behind Jason and Jalen, but I really love uh, sort of I, – I, I'll keep comparing him to Neesmith in terms of like the way he crashes the glass, a little less reckless – um, but you know, sort of better, better discipline in terms of grit and defense. And, uh, you know, I'm also biased cause I like the, the YouTube videos, uh, you know, shout out. He, he, he put a little chunk of our, our, our media day interview in there. So everybody go check out go. Brissy TV. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's scooping me on my own interviews. So, uh, good for him. And, uh, Banton last night, honestly, and beer I probably said this over the summer, I, I, like, because he was non-guaranteed. And we didn't get a lot to really see him at summer league. You know, I, I just sort of wrote off what whether he'd be part of this team. Um, people over the summer told me that the, he was really intriguing, that blend of size. Um, and, man, he was fearless. Like, he was going right at those bigs last night at the rim. Uh, you know, I did not think we'd have a, a, a Banton 20-point game in the first days of the season. And so uh, I'm, I'm pretty good with the wing depth. It just comes down to the big man is going to be what we obsess about and, you know, is Cornette. And uh, I don't think Wendy and Gabriel put his uh, best foot forward last night and looked a little too hyped. So uh, that's where I come down. Like I'm, I'm really, I think they're, they're more set at the guard position than I thought they would be. 
I'm comfortable with the bigs. Lamar Stevens, I should throw in there too. Like Lamar and O'Shea look like they are ready to just play that role. I don't know how much they're going to – I don't know if they'll both play. I don't know if they'll both play every night, but I like where they're at. And, um, yeah, it's just on Hauser and, and Cornette to sort of to, uh, to, to get back to what they, they've been. All right, let's take a break to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in President of Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smarts from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, I mean, I think you broke that down nicely. It, like the, the intriguing thing for me of like the Stevens and Brissett angle here is like, okay, if Hauser isn't shooting, then probably one of those guys are going to play over him. And they're going to, especially if they're starting big, because that mm-hmm. means Derek White's coming off the bench. You can play him and Pritchard together. That's probably enough shooting and going like a gritty energy guy in there with like Tatum and one other starter. That could be, that could be a formidable unit there. So that, that's the intriguing part of me. And the other rock card here that you didn't mention is like someone like Svee. Yeah. In. If he like, if Hauser isn't shooting, like that is a, that is a Hauser alternative. If you still want the extra spacing out there, um, obviously he doesn't have as much, you know, it's a little smaller than Hauser is, but um, clearly is, you know, uh, an alternative option on that front. If Hauser, again, this is two games here. Hauser's going to have the spot in the rotation to start here. I think that's pretty safe to say, but it's more mm-hmm. of like a, if things don't turn for him, you know, after the first couple of weeks of the year, that that could be a, an intriguing subplot. I feel like I, I did think it was interesting that Svee didn't play in the opener. That right, you know, Joe tipped his hand a little bit. Like these are the ten, eleven yeah, guys that we're kind of thinking about. Um, credit to Svee because, like, you know, he has a bad night last night, and we're all sitting here saying, you know, is he going to go go overseas instead? Like he's another one of those non guaranteed guys. Um, but I mean, I didn't know he had that sneaky athleticism. That little yeah. uh, lob dunk, um, we were busting Eddie House's chops. We've never seen a fifty get up like that in a Boston <laughs> uniform. Uh, so it was it was it was fun to see that. And uh, yeah, if he knocks down shots, I do like the secondary playmaking. He can like drive a closeout way better than Hauser can at this point. And uh, so I think there's a, there's a chance for him to stick. It's just it gets, it gets murky. Like if you had to pick two of those three wings to carry now, so I'm gonna put Svi, O'Shea, and Lamar in the wing category. Who are you taking? Um, probably Svee and like and O'Shea, I guess. Like, just I, I always default to like shooting. Like, yeah, to me, O'Shea and Lamar are both good. They're probably both going to make this team, but they're that's redundant. Like, I, it's hard to see them Fair. both playing together. So, um, if if there's not a whole lot of reliable shooting off that bench right now, that can be addressed. Um, but in my mind, if Svee makes shots. And Hauser isn't making shots. Like he's, he feels pretty safe about his spot in this team. I think that's fair. 
I mean, I, I, I wouldn't argue with any of that, that, um, you know, it, it did feel redundant when they added Lamar and O'Shea is sort of, the, again, very similar players. Um, but I just think they have a little bit more, both have sort of proven They're a proven. little bit more yeah. than maybe than Svi has. Without a doubt. And, um, but then I think about the coach and the coach loves shooting. And so if, if he's going to default to someone, he's probably more likely to lean on Svi than the two guys who... I don't know if I'd, I'd want them taking shots. Like, they, I guess if they're super open, and invariably they're going to have to test defenses. But, you know, if they're out there with any combination of Jason, Jalen, Drew, and uh, Porzingis, let those guys take the shots. So maybe maybe that makes a defensive-minded player a little, a, a little more valuable to carry uh, when they have that serviceable skill set. Yeah, to be honest, I feel like all of them should feel really good right now. Like, this, they, the Celtics don't have to cut anyone. They have, the, they have a ton of flexibility with these non-guaranteed deals where if they want to make a trade or they see someone get waived in a couple weeks that they like, they can, they can pounce and cut ties with a lot of these guys with no backlash. But at the same time, like all those guys, we just talked about those three, I think should feel pretty secure. I think I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone's playing elsewhere, especially since the floral contracts don't get guaranteed to later in the year. I don't think so. Like mm. they can still, you know, start the season with them. And then if they want to, make a change or two later they'll, they'll still be in the cards here um any final thoughts on the, the the low man before we talk about the the studs um <laughs> i love that uh no i, I think I, I just think i agree like i mean there's gonna be another game in this preseason where all those guys will get a chance and we'll see what they can do but um yeah probably probably about what i expected it's just hauser and cornet gotta be better and Cornet, I mean, I don't know, that's Cornets should feel good, but at the same time, like they're gonna address that position at some point. Like, and it's a matter of and he'll get a chance before they do, probably in all likelihood, if barring some disaster next couple of weeks, but that's something. Um the the position we'll have plenty of we'll have weeks and months to talk about that down the line, but that the time away for that for Luke to to bounce back here. Uh all right. Drew or Porzingis, who who uh, gets you more riled up after that opener? Porzingis by by like a mile. Yeah, I mean, and that, that part of that question. is just <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Drew. Drew it, 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 it's so funny, right? Because the from like take a step back and the hype went from you know high to really really high when Drew arrived, and understandably so. They just felt like okay, they were close and they were definitely in the mix. But now now you're as talented as anybody in the league. But then you see Porzingis on the court. I think it was just kind of forgotten because it was such an early in the offseason move. I kept, you know, part of me spends much of the summer wondering, like, how's he going to look and how does he fit in there? And then 20 seconds into his first game, he's catching the little feed from Tatum in the, on the, the wing and splashing a three and had an alley-oop and threw over the top of a defense at one point. And it's like, wow, like, the looks he's going to get, the looks he's going to create for other people, the gravity that he has because... You know, everyone is so locked on the Jays, like coming off a screen, like this could be really good for them. And I think Drew's going to impact you a lot winning wise. And I think his personality and, and the needing that, that locker room guy, but from a, from like impact on the game, Porzingis really intrigues me. I mean, just the, 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 the I keep saying it, every look, take every look that Marcus Smart got and now give it to a seven foot three guy who, He's going to even get even like it's just going to be an even better look. And um, if he stays healthy, man, this this they're in a really good position. Yeah, especially from the 
the chemistry standpoint, clearly not there. I mean, which is totally expected a week into camp here, but then you're, but they still were getting great looks. Like despite that, like the offense being like clunky in the half court at times with that starting group out there. But yeah, it is the, like the passing ability that he is, he has shown some of, we really haven't seen much of that. And I mean, his, it's funny, just like his, his career has been such a roller coaster ride where he was so much type in New York, um, turned into, you know, an afterthought in Dallas, they pretty much gave him away. And then the, you know, kind of redemption season last year in Washington that no one was paying attention to because that team was irrelevant to now it's like full circle. Okay. Can this, like you're playing on your best team ever. You're going to have more eyes on you than ever. And obviously the upside is, could be as good as ever. And the fact that he, the, the quality of those looks like you talked about are is going to be tremendous all year long. It's like, wow, they could really be pretty fun to watch when they get going and they figure out what they want to do with each other. The, uh, the, he's the early leader in my, um, guy that could potentially replace my Rob Love for the and first And I haven't brought that up season. to this point yet. Like, I've been afraid. Like, it's been a couple weeks. We, we've kept our distance here. I don't want to, like, bring mm-hmm. on any more pain here. Than that's we okay. To. So, but that, that, so that's interesting that that is. Like, the, the, the man that the, – the fact that got Porzingis probably let them open the door to moving Rob in the first place, but that might be the man who's, who's taking his spot. Taking my heart as well. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to commit to anything yet. Um, coming out of a long-term relationship with, uh, with Robert Williams, but Scal did, Scal did admit that I might just need like a, ba- a bounce back guy player to, uh, to, to kind of, to, to go into the season. And, uh, you know, right now watching poor, if, if I have a thing for oft injured big men, uh, maybe, maybe it makes sense to, to, to see how it goes with, with the Porzingis <laughs> foray. That that Daniel Tice acquisition is coming down the pike. So that, uh, you can anyway, hold off on that. Damn. Wait for a couple more months, and then that will be uh, the Porzingis insurance in that front. Um, before we close up here, I mean, and we'll talk about Drew a little bit, but this kind of, you know, obviously works into it. Starting lineup, looking like, sensing, seeming to be. Don't read into anything. Joe Mazula says, "Okay, guess what? This is our job to read into stuff. So too bad." We're looking into your lineups here. It looks like you still want to start double big, um, at least to start the year with Drew. Drew came off the bench. I don't think, I mean, is there any percent chance Drew Holiday comes off the bench to start the season? I feel like that's no. probably a, no. It's not so zero. So assuming they go double big, Derek White would be the guy coming off the bench there. Does is, What are your thoughts on that? And is that a lineup built to last? Um, or is that just something to make everyone's feelings good? Um start to start the year because Derek obviously won't care either way right and I honestly I think that's what it comes down to is like Derek is the path of least resistance with the who who is the the guy that goes to the bench and it is a little weird because Joe was so demonstrative in July saying he's our starting point guard but you can just explain that away with well we didn't know we're getting Drew Holiday and so now things have changed um and Derek did it last year, but Derek was supposed to be a, a, like a, a bench guy last year and then ended up starting what, like 60 games because people were perpetually injured. So we'll see if, if like, maybe he'll just be the spot starter and maybe when Al doesn't play the second night of back to back, you just bring him up and go small. And, right. uh, but I do, I am, I am curious. I, I know you think they, they lean big and it's, it makes sense. Cause I can't see, I can't see Al going to the bench, but um, if it was me, I might start small. And, uh, you know, I know you want to get, you want to 
be as you want to go big as much as possible and, and take advantage of your size, but and you're going to definitely probably close games smaller. And right. Derek White better be out there in those situations if we've learned anything over the the past couple of years, and especially Miami. So uh, it's not but it's not an easy decision. It's 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 a it's an embarrassment of riches for Joe to be able to sit there and have six guys that really deserve to play, uh, and yet they've uh, there's going to be you know someone's someone's going to be hurt. I, I I don't love the we have eight or nine starter spin yeah. that Joe's <laughs> yeah. putting out there. We, like, they gotta, I might you know, ask him like. Who who is your ninth starter? Yeah, can can who? you go ahead and if, if if you could list for me your eight or nine starters? Yeah, okay. Are you te- if you're telling me that O'Shea Brissett and and Lamar Stevens could start on a team that has Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Holiday, and Kristaps Porzingis? Yeah, I, I get it. Like yeah, like I could start for that team and like probably be okay. So uh, I appreciate the sentiment and uh, it's better that he's trying to look out for the people that are seven through 10 on this roster a little bit more than he did last year. Right. Grant Williams. And, uh, but like, yeah, let's just, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade here. It's uh, you've got six, six potential starters and it's on you, Joe, to figure out which five you should use. Well, I look forward to seeing Joe not play some of these starters in, uh, <laughs> in regular season games. <laughs> All nine of them as he opens. How, know, how deep opening... do you go? I'm, I, I mean, it's an easier question to answer once Hauser and Cornette start playing better. But like, yeah. how deep are you going to go on a normal night? Oh, um, I think we'll see like eight with that last spot, maybe split by two guys. So like, Fair. so White off the bench, Pritchard off the bench, and then a mix of like, Cornet and Brissett, maybe, or obviously Hauser. Actually, no, right, no. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, eight and a half guys. So like, okay, Hauser, I think is safely in there as one of the guys off the bench to start the year, and then the last guy is split by Cornet, Brissett, depending on, depending on matchups and um, you know if they want to play bigger or smaller. So that that'd be like that's my guess how it starts, but I think it will. I expect that to kind of evolve quickly based on just like what you're getting out of these guys. We'll see. Like, I feel like. Maybe this year, that's one of the things we have to look at at most for Joe is like, how quickly is he willing to adapt with that stuff when he has so many options here for those slots? You know, one thing that we did forget, and I actually forgot when I was writing my ups and downs, I wouldn't have included him in this, but um, I will admit, like I perk up a little bit when Jordan Walsh is out there. Someone just sent a comment along and said, I hope they develop Walsh and not waste him in the G League. And uh, it's a good point. Um, Like, it's obvious he's got potential. Uh, It's... You know, my eyes sort of gravitate towards him when he's out there because he's going to do something, right? Like, um, and he's going to make mistakes, and he's only 19, and I don't think he's got a, a roadmap to really kind of muscling past O'Shea or Lombie or anybody like that. But I do hope, you know, he's low-budget players who can impact winning uh, are really important. And and the other guy I'd throw in there, like, J.D. Davison actually kind of – there's no room at the point guard position, but, like – Am I crazy? But I was taking crazy pills, was or was he like so much better than a year ago? Well, it was a forget a year ago, two months like summer league, like woof. Like he was right. him and Banton had some rough times there, but this is well, I'm with you. I was like, wow, he's did some pretty solid, you know, not like amazing, but just competent pick and roll play, like good looks, like no turnovers really. And that's the type of stuff that you want to see in your two. And I don't know. Now we have, you know, there's the Celtics have an open two a slot now and i mean i expect they will have a slot we'll see what happens with jay scrubs um injury here but um 
I was wondering if Davidson was going to be one of those guys just on the bubble of like, is he going to, you know, see worth keeping around or not for the potential here? But I think that was a very good step forward for him in New York on Monday night on that front. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it almost made me forget about Yam Madar for like a hot minute. <laughs> The, the Celtics in there, like where is where is Jan Madar on the depth chart right now for potential point guard options? Is he like seventh? And yeah. uh, I think I think like a summer ago I would have taken him as the backup point guard. So right. uh, the Celtics have you know revamped and retooled that position, and, and guys are stepping up. And hey, maybe maybe that's a good thing. And you know I was surprised JD came back on a two way. Um, you know usually guys like that would go through it one year and want to be kind of up on that roster. Uh, I think the G League could be good for him. He should dominate at that level with that speed. Um, you know, those games are a little bit more ragged, and I think it's going to be tougher to, for him to, to sort of learn the control he needs to play with. Uh, but, like, the the intangibles are there. Um, and, you know, if he, if he learns to shoot, like, that's really kind of an intriguing little project. So I guess that's my way of saying, like, main Celtics games could be fun. You know, if 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 Jordan Walsh does go down there for a little bit, and uh, we'll see what happens with the with the big with the big spot. And who they replaced Jay Scrub with. Right. Some some decisions to be made here in the coming weeks. But you know what, Chris Worthworth, that's a half hour. That is weird. We I'm I'm putting us on the club. We cannot talk about preseason basketball more than a half hour. We can't get too far out of ourselves. I think we stayed fair here. I think we stayed uh we didn't cross any lines here, overreact too much, but this was a a strong start. But you'll be reacting. Trains are rolling. Trains are rolling. You'll be, be able to check Chris out, obviously, all season long on his Southern Talk pod after every game. Um, definitely check that out. We'll be back with you guys here at the Winning Plays pod where this week as we uh, the, the starters return to form in, in Philly on Wednesday night. The the, the, the brutal three three and four nights uh, start to the preseason. We'll see what they have in the tank here. <laughs> but, uh, yep, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to Chris for hopping on, and we'll talk to you all later this week.